3: This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast and we're back properly, we're all in the country sitting in a pub that we used to in West London, getting ready for our Huddersfield trip at the weekend. Bit of, a, bit of a strange feeling this actually like sitting there with a pint of pride in my hand and having a bit of a laugh and chatting with my mates and talking with football and as per usual we started a little bit late but it's all good and even we got jazz in the background I'm feeling a little bit jazzy myself actually it's very nice looking, isn't it looking, you're looking a bit jazzy Bill <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got my smoking jacket I've got my cigar out And uh, oh, hey. but anyway listen we're back on our usual pub crawl back very near home we're actually at the Plough in Northfields, just down from Northfield Station. Lovely little boozer, this one. And uh, I'm actually drinking proper beer as well. None of this European nonsense that I've been drinking the past few weeks in a lovely pub. And um, it's really funny because if you go to Europe, you notice that you drink these beers like Estrella and San Miguel and all this kind of stuff. And uh, it, it tastes lovely when you're abroad in 35 degrees sun. But when you come back here, it's actually rubbish. Yeah, yeah. It's rubbish.
4: It's what you want is warm beer.
3: <laughs> That's <laughs> right. And it's because if you take the British beer, like Bride or Frontier or that you take it abroad and you drink it, it's all a bit heavy and a bit not very good, ah, actually, is th- it? You need to stick it in the fridge for a bit. <laughs> That's what? true. but You have to take it through duty-free and they won't allow it to either, or woolly? No, probably not, no. No. Brilliant. And listen, did you also, have, did I tell you before that this is the pub that Jamiriquise crew used to play football for? Did I tell you well, that? Yeah, we, you did say that before, yeah? And, and did I say that
4: this was um, first used as a, a, a training, um, a, a changing room for, for one of the Brentford's first ever stadiums? So we are repeating ourselves, but it's still fact. Yeah, yeah
3: it's still fact. But we, we, we can't presume that everyone's listening to the podcast. So anyway, as you can see, we're back, we're very happy, like I said, to you, jazz night here on a Thursday night um, at the Plough. But listen, I'm Billy Grant. I'm in the Boozer, The the character's very happy, got a pint in front of me, and uh, I'm going to introduce you around the table to who we've got here on the podcast this week. To the left of me, I have Mr. Dave Lane. How are you, Dave? I'm all right. I'm, I'm slightly, well, I wouldn't say jet-lagged,
4: but I'm on Greek time still at the moment, which is two hours ahead, so it's a bit of a late night for me at the moment. It's,
3: uh, it's, it's getting on. I need, need a bit of a nap. Listen, if you find you sleeping under the table, don't worry, we'll give you a, a kick and you can and you can answer the questions about Huddersfield. I will do. Um, good, job, good job you got your cigar out, Bill. I have my smoking jacket. Also in the corner, we've got Mr Savvy B, who's appeared on many, many podcasts last season. Savvy B, good to have you back. How are you doing and how was your summer?
5: Uh, I'm fine, thank you, Billy. And my summer was fine. And uh, I've, I've got a proposal for you all. I think we should change the name of the Be Sotted Pride of West London podcast yeah. to what my wife calls it. Yeah. She calls it, are you going to that talking thing tonight? So I think we should, ch- I think we should change the name to that talking thing.
3: That's right. So on the besotted Talking Thing. I've, yes, Hashtag. that's right. Talking thing. Um... Yes, the talking thing tonight, and we've got a new talking man on the talking thing tonight, Mr. Cole Massey. If you've been reading Passotted the last couple of weeks, we've had Cole Massey who's coming board and he's been writing some great articles for us, been writing lots of bits and pieces. Basically, he's been allowing us to lie on the sunbeds while we've been working him like
6: a dog the last few weeks. Mr. Massey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, Bill. Thank you very much. Now, th- yeah, thanks for getting us on the podcast. Um, it's been good writing a few articles for Passotted and, and getting involved and taking a bit of weight off your shoulders so you can enjoy the uh, spanish and greek beer so i don't know you're working all the time we're out there honestly i'm not convinced bill <laughs> if i'm honest i'm not convinced but no so uh, no so uh, yeah good to get involved and uh, good to be on a podcast that's good it. that's goodness, uh,
3: and it's good uh, i'm just wondering what are you i mean what you've been up to in the summer and what what are your thoughts and
6: is anything different than you thought it would be um, oh, my summer, it's been it's been pretty bland. Had a had a holiday early in the year, so I, I, I spent this summer with um, writing for us. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> that's, that's that's it. That's it. I said earlier, I said today, well, my boss thinks I've been great. He, I, every time he's looked over, I'm typing away furiously. Unfortunately, it's got nothing to do with my work. I've just been writing for Besotted, So. That's, that's- yeah, no, good. That's what we like, that's what we like. And listen, the Allard is back in the country, the allard
3: He's not been at the Copa America or some sort of Brazilian sort of Grand Prix. He's actually sitting in the boozer in West London. The allard how are you doing?
0: I'm all right, yeah, it's been a very quiet week. Um, I made a vague, very, it was a very vague attempt. I sort of headed off thinking I would go to Millwall um last saturday but i was quickly scuppered by the london overground not working so my plans went out the window and um i found a brewery in in Hearn hill the canop- canopy beer company and to be honest i didn't really move from there in the end um so apart from that i, I and oh and this afternoon i watched a little bit of laissez Viva playing for um denmark in the olympics i'm trying to get myself excited about the olympics as well
3: did, 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 and did you uh, decide that you're going to sort of uh, um
0: DHL, his uh, shooting boots over for the next game? Um, I, I, to be honest, I think the whole of the Denmark team uh, need need shooting boots. Um, uh, considering, I mean, I don't know what Iraq, maybe Iraq are a half decent football team at under 23s, but Denmark look woeful.
3: Anyway, we might talk about that later, or maybe we might just bypass that whole thing because we yes, actually want Lasse Vive back here scoring goals for the B's. But look. Well, I mean, good news is I can't see him getting to the second round. We'll, yeah. <laughs> last I hope you do very well, but we need you back here, mate. But anyway, listen, podcast today, so we've got a few things we're going to be talking about. Um, we're going to be talking about, you know, the team on Saturday. So who's the team going to be? The old pre-season friendlies are over. So what's the team going to be at Huddersfield? They're the fans' forum a couple of weeks ago where we had Dean Smith and all sorts of people talking on there. We had Phil Giles, who's the director of football, talking on the fans' forum. What do they talk about? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it boring? Was it whatever? We also got a new feature called Hang. The BJ. Listen out for that. That's actually a good little musical feature that we're flipping on here because we like to flip things up on the Pride of West London podcast. We'll also be talking about the championship. And what's going on around the championship? We had a couple of articles this week, or quite a few articles from all the bloggers from the championship. Leeds, Newcastle, Norwich, Rotherham, they all talked about the championship. Even Ian Holloway talked about the championship, even though he had no idea what was going on. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the championship and see how we fit in and all these other teams fit in as well. And also Huddersfield, we're playing them on Saturday. We'll be drinking in Huddersfield on Saturday. Everything that happened about Huddersfield on Saturday, we'll be chatting about that as well. So, listen. Before no adieu, let's move on and let's talk about what our team will be on Saturday against Huddersfield. Pre-season is over. We played our last game on Saturday against Millwall wasn't a particularly great game. In fact, Dean Smith said it was a rubbish game. Brentford played rubbish, but he doesn't mince his words, which I think is quite good. So, you know, we could talk about this as well. Pre-season friendlies, how good are they? How bad are they? I personally hate pre-season friendlies. I'll go there for the crack. I, I went out to Germany and like I said to you, there's 150 Bs out there, but I don't think anyone really saw the match they're just out there for the crack. Brentford went out there and they got a little bit of fitness, but hey-ho. So, look, we signed our one player. We talked about him last week, Elder. Um, he came from Lister. Played for Posh last week. They're crying because they couldn't sign him because we have signed him. He's now in the the left back we've been looking at, and apparently he played at Millwall and he was look, he looked half decent, like you know, even though he'd only been there a couple of days. We're still looking at one or two more players for the team: an attacking midfielder, we've been talking about a winger, and possibly also a striker. We've also had Ledesma. He's now played, I think, three or maybe four games on trial for the Bees. We weren't sure whether or not he would be there or not because we thought maybe he hadn't quite done the business. But Dean Smith said, and we have got to talk about the fans forum in a bit that he said that he thought Ledesma he needs a bit more time because he obviously knows him well but he didn't think he was fit enough and he needs to get him fit so he can actually judge whether or not he will be good or good enough for the bees as we know Goggia is out uh, we did a little article about Goggia leaving from a German uh, newspaper that we saw Goggia is off to possibly Dynamo Dynamo Dresden Karl Matthew wrote the little article said look Goggia you're out of here now it's been officially announced that Goggia is gone We'll be talking about that as well, maybe players in and out. However, we realise that we have a predicament because we're not quite sure with the players that come in, the players that have left and also the injuries we have, who's going to start at Huddersfield. So guys, I'm going to f- leave it over to you. What do you reckon? Where are we? Are we a bit short? Are we okay? You know, we've got a couple of players missing like Nico Yanaris and people who ended up being quite linchpins for us. Where are we going to be on Saturday? Laney. Um, it's really difficult to be specific about
4: this because I, you know, I know, I know we're here to give an opinion, but I, I probably haven't actually got a clue about the start in 11 and, and that's me being honest. What what I don't think we will see is much of a departure from the way we play. I think we'll be set up in a similar way to the way we played on um, the last game of the season and... I, I'm, I'm still confident. I, obviously, obviously there'll be a new goalkeeper between the sticks. Obviously, there's going to be a new left back. We know we know that. Um, we know that um, Vibe is missing. We know that Judge isn't fit yet. We know that um, Hogan is going to be relied upon to to score the goals. Um, we, p- it's, it's whether it's whether he he risks a, k- a couple of the kind of fringe players and, and he puts them in um, and gives them gives them sort of uh, league experience. But I, I'm actually really confident. Uh, I, I'm looking at Huddersfield and thinking like, they've got a lot of debuts coming in. They're really not going to know each other that well in a, in, in in battle mode. Um, I, th- I think we have the advantage.
5: I think uh, Dave's mentioned that we've got our, our left back sorted. We've got our goalkeeper sorted. Uh, I think there's another one you can add to that who is a definite starter, and that's Woods. I think Woods is um, he's, he's shown in the, in the friendly so far that he's a standout. He's improved from last season. He's looking really, really good. So I'm happy with that. But, I mean, again, you know, we don't know who the right-back's going to be. There's still, even with Bjelland's uh, sort of not match fit, we've still got two out of three to choose from from the, from the centre-backs. So, again, you know, that's, that's up in the air. Um, the one player I'd like, who I'd, I expect is going to start, but who I prefer not to, sorry, Sam, is, is uh, Sam Saunders. I say it every time. And he often proves me wrong. So let's, let's hope he proves me wrong again. But, uh, but I just think we need somebody there who can really penetrate. And we're missing that kind of judgy, canos type of player. So that's what I'd like to see change.
6: Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen from pre-season I think the team at the moment is almost picking itself you know when you go through the list of, of players that we've got available to us I mean I think I heard that Collan's not going to be fit for the weekend uh, Bieland is he's, he's definitely out I think Dean Smith said Bieland's he's got an abductor injury or whatever that means groin injury I think it is in real terms so he's not going to be fit um, so I think that there's one or two positions that perhaps you've got to pick you know Will Saunders start on the right Will McKechnie start over Kirschbaum perhaps? Other than that, I think it, it pretty much picks itself. Which, at this stage of the season, when we're kicking off our first games, a little bit worrying. We clearly haven't haven't got the personnel there yet that we need to to carry on into the season.
3: So, so when you say picks itself, so I mean, who are you saying? Well, th-
6: th- there's there's probably only two or three decisions that Smith's got to make. You know, is Egan going to start over Dean or Barbe? I would say the right back is. Probably going to be Josh Clark, unless Yanaris fills in, and then moving into midfield is Yanaris going to play? We don't know how fit he is at the moment. Um, and it's Kirschbaum or McEkrin, and then you've got to go with McLeod and Sawyers because they, they're the only ones that are going to offer you width. And our only other striker is away at the Olympics, so it means it has to be Hogan. So there's probably two positions up for grabs, maybe three. Out, uh, you know, when you're coming into the start of the season, that's. The allot.
0: The the alerts. I think the um, the big thing is that there's like this triangle around right back because because you've got so let, let's assume that Colin Col- Colin isn't playing and you've got Clark Yanaris or McCormack can play right back. Holdak. Um, hold or Yan Holdak, but I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna put him to one side for the minute. Um, okay. So, uh, well, apparently it depends um, on fitness, doesn't it? And I also, I don't want to introduce
3: you about um, Holdak. I think there was one match. I think Peter, uh, uh, the, no, the, um, the the game up at um, Wickham? Uh, no, 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 the first game as well. I think that you went to Borum uh, Woods. You yeah, went I to Bo- the Wickham game. you went to the Wickham game, and I think Holdak played that one. And you said that he got bypassed on a number of occasions, didn't you?
6: Yeah, he just he looked a little bit out of his depth, if I'm honest. I think as he's gone through pre-season, he's maybe got a bit better. But he did he looked out of his depth to me. So, Clark plays right back.
0: That puts Janoris or Macca in the middle with Woods. And then that leaves one other player, which, sorry, Sam, um, Sam Saunders, Sawyer and McLeod, as you're attacking midfield three. I, I just can't see him at the moment leaving out Kirschbaumer if
4: he's fit. Because I, I think... I've I've read a lot about him. Um, his name's mentioned a lot, and he, he ended the season really well. You know, Smith, Smith really likes him. Judging judging on his last three or four games for Brentford last season, he's a starter.
5: Going back to the right back position, on Saturday we had uh, Josh Clark playing the first half, Holdak playing the second, and by all accounts, Holdak played better.
6: Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. Hold up probably did play better, but Clark's got that little bit of experience. And I think when we're going into a season when we need to be settled, Clark, Clark's a man for me. Um,
0: Kirschbaumer or McLeod, I reckon, one or the other. Um, no one's mentioned Josh McCracken. <laughs> So I'll throw that to somebody else to pick that point up. Because he's not, you know, we have discussed 13, 14 players and he hasn't, been in the, he hasn't been in the discussion. I don't think it's a game for, for Josh, this, this game.
4: I, I, I think they will throw the kitchen sink at us this first game of the season. Loads of new players that want to make an impression. Loads, loads of fans. They're expecting 18,000 there. Um, I think we need to de- defend... Strongly and hit him on the counter attack, and um, I, 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 we, we, we don't need we don't need sort of wishy
0: washy players. Um, that is, yeah, my thoughts exactly. I I, I think if Yonaris or Maka are fit, they play with Woods in in the in
6: the you know the two defensive midfield players. Yeah, i actually agree, Matt. To be fair, um, I did leave out Hoffman because it was pointed out, but I think from what. Unfortunately, from what I've seen so far, he, he was probably left out for a reason. I, I can't see as he's going to offer us anything at he's the moment. He's going to be on the bench
4: because he, he will have to be on the bench because, because we need a striker and you know we can't we can't burn Hogan out too early in the season either. I mean,
6: from what I know, it's basing it on one pre-season game, but from what I saw at Wickham, you know, the lad tried hard. He did. He did actually try hard, but he just you know Hogan's clearly going to be the man that's going to lead the line, and, and I think Smith will look to see him play ninety minutes most weeks.
5: I think if uh, Yanaris or Maka are fit, they're probably going to go right back before they go centre midfield.
0: So so your Josh McCracken plays centre midfield? I think
5: he might. I think he might, definitely, yeah. Going back to Vibe, it is a bit of
4: a ball ache that is involved in the Olympics because we, we actually need him, and um, it's actually it might be a great little experience for him, but it's not going to do us much much sort of you know it's not going to do us any benefit at all.
3: And again, it is and it is, and we don't want to be negative about him because obviously it's a great experience for him, and it's interesting they talked on the TV about how many teams actually their managers rejected their players going out to the Olympics. But to be fair to Smith, he didn't reject him, and he's probably thinking that maybe if he comes back on a high from the Olympics after two weeks out you know, which could be a time that you're injured, then you come back in again. You're going to have a player out for a couple of weeks. He might come back actually more rejuvenated and actually might tuck in more to the bees. And maybe, as a squad, we have to look at games like Huddersfield, games like Exeter, games like Ipswich next week, and we've got to actually win them maybe without players like V-Bay on the flip side of that I just say that I realised so much after last season and this season is very different from last season as you could tell because I took my holiday very early this season went away got it out of the way so I came back for the start of the season whereas last season I went away for the whole month I was in America for six weeks jumping up and down the country and I was like oh no I'm missing the bees." but in the end I didn't really miss anything. Um, and the thing that I realised is that a good start to the season is very, very important. If you have a good start, everyone has their tails up and then the team does a lot better. We had a really rubbish start last season and you can see we were struggling by the end of August. This season, if we have a good start, it could be really good for us. And us missing FIBA after two or three games could be the difference between us having a bit of a stumbler or having a half-decent start, Seth.
5: Yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, you, you kind of intimated to it that... Um, Vibey Re- 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 could come back all rejuvenated, and the last time he went on international duty, it's exactly what he did, and that saw our last nine games when we just played brilliantly last season. So I mean, you know, he's he's he's, he's very excited about going, and I think it would be cruel to actually not let him go. So I think Dean Smith has done the right thing, and I think it could pay off. Tim
4: cruel.
0: Um, and this is probably really this is really tenuous as well but let's look on the bright side um, he's he's training he's playing in in you know relatively high humidity so he could come back and be very very fit as well um, you know tenuous but
4: yeah, the humidity would have come in useful up at, up at Huddersfield. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but my, point, my, my point being is that if you if you if you can run around in in that and then you come back to the conditions here, you're going to get a new lease of life. I,
4: I, I think the yeah you know, the biggest point is here is the, the player well-being, happiness. Yeah. You know, a, hap, a happy Vbay is a you know is a happy V Bay. We, we we need we need funny that. Yeah, we, yeah, well you know we we need players to be sort of. Just really
6: happy to be at Brentford and, and, and up for it. Yeah My only concern is that V when Vay joined us, he didn't have much of a break, did he? He went in from the Swedish season, is that right? He went eighteen months straight and came into us so that the argument that he was neckered
3: last season, um so he played a lot of the season when he was tired at the beginning of the season and also he wouldn't didn't know the British game as well. So you had these two things which happened
6: Yeah and then he's it, so he's He's had a break, admittedly, over pre-season, but he did go off to Denmark to play in a few bits and pieces there, and now he's sort of come back, got pre-season, he's gone out to Rio, and he's going to be there for him. He's got to travel back. I just is he going to face burnout again? I know I thought he did well actually in his early his early part of his, his Brentford career, but I do worry about that a little bit.
3: I, I th- I'm not funny, but I think lying on a Rio beach, I think he might be having a bit of a chill out. So
2: <laughs> I,
4: I think I think sort of championship fitness isn't quite the same
3: as Olympic fitness, I, I, I think I, I think he will be enjoying himself Indeed, indeed, so listen, um, but also because we're thinking about this, because we're talking about the fact that the team hasn't quite, not sure if the, the squad is quite there, if it's quite strong enough we've got a couple of players that are out, a couple of players who are still injured, we're still trying to fill in the cracks here, we don't know if Nico is here or if Nico is not playing, we talked about McEachran who's been injured as well in fact nobody, interestingly nobody talked about um, McLeod. And McLeod, who's been one of the, the, the starry nights of, of, of the preseason. I mean, I saw him in a couple of games. Luckily, Brentford, like I said to you, put it on YouTube, and I saw a few of the games, and I thought that McLeod looked really great. Looked like another new signing for us as well. So you've got a few of these players, but who else is coming through? Interestingly, like I said to you, we always talk about who are we signing, but we've got this new B team as well, which, interestingly, on... The official site, there is an article with Rob Rowan, as we call him, the invisible man, because no one really knows what he does. But he actually told the world the things that he does, which includes picking the B team, he put together the pre season friendlies, he's like, the, he's like the operations manager for the football club on the footballing side. And uh, he's put together the B team, which is interesting because what I noticed about the B team, what they're doing is that they're basically signing players like you would do for the A team, and they're signing them from everywhere. Either they're signing up our youth team players who have graduated through or they're signing people from Germany and Holland and all sorts of places. So they're on proper contracts, these players. And he said that the aim is to have at least one player from the B team to graduate into the A team. That is their objective, which I thought, okay, I can get that. The one thing that disappointed me a little bit is that I don't know who's in the B team yet as I know there are a few players like Josh Clark or is he A team or B team or Field and Holdak and these other players and they've got all these new characters coming in so it'll be good to know that. But the question I'm asking now is that is there anybody from that B team who we think may be actually progressing into the A team because Dean Smith he seems to love the youth thing he's actually giving loads of people chances on this preseason. over in Germany he took a load of youth over there he's played them he's thrown in Holdak and Field and all these other characters I mean does anyone know? I mean Matt
0: Um, at at the moment I've not seen enough of the players we've tried a few in the pre-seasons Holdak's played uh, Bradley Clayton's played um you could argue field is from the b team he's played as well though we saw it at the end of last year so um but i do i, I, I genuinely think that, that the, the the development for me the development squad wasn't working um i don't think it's working i, I don't think it's a brentford thing i just don't think the whole thing is the system, I, I, the, I system. the system's not working i've said this before on, po- on the podcast i don't think the system's working i'm glad we're trying something different um i it, it still has its flaws because they're not going to play competitive games. They're going to play literally friendlies all season. Um, but it's, but, but way, it's, it's, it's trying something else. And if you can, you know, and and, and rather than stick with the same old thing that, that just didn't seem to be working, we're going to try something else these guys maybe going to play better quality of teams um they off to spain i see for a couple of games so yeah let's but let's give it a month or two and see where we are but it was interesting that in the game they probably they played, played manchester city they've played chelsea they've going to valencia they're
3: yeah. going to villarreal i think it is they're playing games so they're playing games against interesting sides out there so they're actually trying to up the ante and actually kind of play football now the question you say is that they're not playing competitive football to me even though they're in a league last season the, 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 the you know the
0: development league you know uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying this is a wor- this is worse <laughs> than the development league because I, I had my same, as I've said in the podcast, I had my same concerns last season. Um, I, I, I just think it's something we haven't quite worked out. Unfortunately, and I've said this before, the solution isn't palatable because the actual solution, what they do in Spain and what they do um, in other countries, is the B teams play against lower league teams in a league and, and that isn't palatable. I don't want that either. Um, so we need to find another way of doing it and... And you know, I'd love to be able to give you the answer, but I can't. But but at least we're trying something else this
6: year. I think it's a very difficult question to answer, isn't it? Like, how are we going to get these these lads game time? I mean, there's one lad that's not really featured in pre season that's really interested me. I I, I see him a couple of times for the um, development squad last year, and that's James Ferry. Whenever I've seen him play, he he's carried the team, and he really he's really stepped up. And I thought we would see him this pre season, you know, especially with Jan Holdak. Um, Chris Meppham Bradley Clayton those players coming through I would have thought James Ferry was nailed on and he's someone I think we, we can genuinely be excited about but is that a consequence of having four or five centre midfielders here already with you know McCormack, Yonaris and you know the others we have he, he's one for the future when you're asking about players to come through I think he's one we should keep an eye on and interesting as well we're talking about the, I think
3: we might have mentioned this before but again you mentioned these players and is it a consequence of us being in the championship that these players actually can't you know we're too not scared but we won't give them game time because actually the level has been the bar have been raised so high that they have to actually be so good so we're actually getting B team players from Liverpool and and Everton and all these other places to slot in, as opposed to players who play for our B team. Um, but maybe that might change because Dean Smith seems to be taking a slightly different attitude to people like um, Marino Steichhausen who was not interested at all in our, our, our you know, in, in our reserve players and uh, and, 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 and other managers.
5: I, I think there's a good case to send some of them out on loan. I think uh, that we've got quite a few players that are really close to play not for Hampton and Richmond. But you know, a bit of a step up from that. (laughs) I'll be there, (laughs) (laughs) Clapton FC. But I mean, I I think that I mean, like Josh Clark last year went to Barnet and stuff, came back a better player. And I mean, uh, Yanaris went to Wickham. You know, we we all know these things. But I think there's a good case. I think there's a good five players that could actually go out on loan and come back better players.
4: So I mean, it's three points really. There is. So we're going to kind of. Semi-copy the Chelsea Academy system, where you know w- what the players are. It's almost a conveyor belt, so they get players in that I'm never going to play for their first team, probably. But then they sh- they shove them out on loans to Brentford, etc. Um, so we're going to p- have players in that we don't think are going to make the first team, and then we'll we'll push them down one step lower. The, 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 the you know that that is it's, you know it's a it's a business model that seems to work for Chelsea, and it, it's worth considering. It gets them competitively experienced. The second point is really: are we? To say we're only going to get one or two players a season is that really just kind of managing expectations? We should be expecting
3: a little bit more than that, I think. Um, well, to be fair, I, mean, I think part of the problem with that is that was it two or three years ago, Matt Benham says that he expected half the academy players to be actually be first team players at Brentford, and that's completely out the window. So maybe you've gone the completely opposite yeah, no, I, way. I think you do.
4: I think you do have to manage expectations. I think I think you can't you can't be signing players up exp- who expect to be in the first team and then you actually you want to get nowhere near it so you end up with unhappy players it's just like it's that happy lasse Bay situation as, as I said earlier you know you need players who haven't been lied to if, if they if everyone knows the score they're probably not going to make the first team that's the reason they are being signed for the B team they're not going to be disappointed if they don't make the, the A team but I, I, I would hope that more than one player is knocking on the door and to go back to your other point the third point is you're right um, it's Easier to have academies when you're in League Three because they are, the players you're you you know you're educated haven't technically got to be as good to get into the first team. There's too much at stake, you know. Our, our championship survival is the be-all and end-all of, of our club, of our ambitions moving forward, of the new stadium, us getting 20,000 season ticket holders. All that is linked to us being in the championship. You know, us cultivating a couple more Kev O'Connors isn't the be-all and end-all. You know, you can do that in League Three and League Four. You can have these players that come through who are, you know, okay, but we
3: need exceptional players now. And, and, and it's and interesting you're talking about this because... We're talking about our team and, you know, obviously how well we did with our team last season, which obviously made it much harder for players to come into the side. Players like Alfie Mawson, who ended up going to Wickham then just not signing a contract with us, but going elsewhere because he wanted to make first-team football. And ironically, he's going to be playing against us this season in the championship. And he's an academy player that came through our system, you know. So the fact is that you've got these players who can't necessarily get through the system because the system, for whatever the way that it is it might change or it might not change Um, and also the fact is that We have now stepped up a level where we brought in a load of players when we were out of this division and before we got this division, you know, your Andre Gray's, you know, your Hotters, and all these other players, everyone thought we were a joke at the time. They thought we were going to go down. We did very well. Now it seems that we're finding it harder to sign players. I'll say that straight up. It's harder because people realise that we're a good team. They either put the price up, people come in and chase after the players that we want to, so it's difficult. So the question I'll ask is, obviously Ian Holloway came in this week and he made some comments on Sky. If you notice him, you do uh, Google and like I said, a lot of uh, the links will be on this podcast. If you look at the podcast and the the, the the description section of the podcast, we put a lot of the links on there. You could do that. But we actually wrote an article as well. Besotted wrote an article, which Ian Holloway was on, where we actually sort of were a little bit more balanced about how we felt Brentford to get on. But Ian Holloway came straight out and said, Brentford relegated because they haven't really... They haven't progressed from where they were before. In fact, they've regressed. And I'm going to ask you quickly, guys. Let's go around the table now. Let's let's just be straight up about it. Listen, we've had a nice holiday. We're relaxed, so we don't have to get angsty and angry. But have Brentford regressed from last season quickly? Laney? Um
4: yes I would say if I was a yes or no answer I, my problem with Ian Holloway is I don't trust his opinion anymore um, I, I, I really really loved him when he was a blackboard manager when he actually just said what he, th- he, he, he thought I, he, he, he's turned into a bit of a sky parrot now um, and I, I, I don't there's a few things he said last year about fans and protesting against clubs where I don't actually think he's got his finger on the pulse and You know, for Brentford to finish fifth and ninth, um, uh, yeah, maybe we have regressed. But to put us in the in the relegation zone, I I I thought that was just, I thought, you know, it's it's one man's opinion, but I don't trust him. Uh,
5: Yeah, I mean, we, we have regressed because we finished ninth instead of fifth. But the year we finished fifth, we had massive, massive good luck, and the year we finished ninth, we had massive, massive bad luck. Yeah, so to me that, that says that we haven't really regressed that we've just had a really bad uh, unlucky year
6: um, I, I don't think we have um, I think Holloway's comments that we'd regressed from the Warburton era, era but I, I think that's I think that's pretty obvious you know I, I, Sarah, as you said we, had, we were incredibly lucky that year but from last season I don't think we have I think we've consolidated I think they've made a conscious effort to only bring players in they know are going to settle and you know, with Egan, um, Bentley, and Sawyer's, they're British-based players. So I think it's a conscious effort what they've done this season, and I like it.
0: Um, I, did, I, I I can't remember where the Holloway when he said regressed. Uh, regressed against what? If there was a starting point, have we regressed against where we were at our height? Then I think arguably yes. Um, however, players get older, players have to move on, etc. Have we regressed from where we were this time last year? Um, I don't think anyone can tell until we get into the season. Um, I think we did have we had Andre Gray here last year. We don't have an Andre Gray this year, but maybe we do because maybe that's Scott Hogan. Um, so you know so that that's kind of still in the balance. Um, will we finish 22nd or 23rd or whatever he said? Um, I don't see that at the moment, if I'm brutally honest. So you know I'm sort of I mean Ian Holloway, he's just he's turning into Minan. He's like he's and the way he is because he's talking about stuff that he doesn't really know about and he's just, you know, you know, M- 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 Minan used to so read it in the Independent, and um, and therefore that's my point of view, and it's right, and and he's and that's what he's telling. I me. Mean, it's difficult. I mean, I'm not 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 defending him as well, but Ian Holloway's got to come in. He's got to predict
3: the whole league and predict the whole teams. To be quite honest, if he's absolutely clueless, and maybe if he'd done a bit of research or somebody did a little bit of research for him, he would have actually kind of got it all sorted out. like you know, he said that Andre Gray had not been replaced. No, in principle, he hadn't been replaced. But ironically, if he'd done a bit of research, he would have actually done a, found out about Scott Hogan, who was actually there before at the same time as Andre Gray and who was actually the person who was meant that Andre Gray was meant to be his you know not inferior is not the right word but meant to be his he he was a study for for Hogan so he had that and also he talked about the fact that Judge we haven't replaced Judge but the fact is that last season we had our best run unfortunately after Judge got his leg broken so listen do your facts man I don't want to be an informer
4: but Sav just said he's like the liberal Nick of Sky.
5: <laughs> 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 Indeed, so listen, Sam. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he's... Uh, when he said we haven't replaced Gray, I think Gray got 18 goals that season, and Bay got 14. It's not, not that far off. And as you said, we've got we've got Hogan. So that's the only thing... I, out of what he said, I think that was the only thing that I, I think I would actually take, take, you know, with a pinch mm-hmm. of salt, really.
6: Um, Not not that he thinks we're going to be relegated (laughs) I I, there's a chance (laughs) I've got to say and I know Matthew Benham hates the term moneyball but if anyone has ever read it there is a a key feature that runs through it and that is Billy Bean who ran the Oakland Athletics Mm -hmm. sold all of their top stars at the end of the season and then they brought in these new ones that outperformed everyone but never got any attention and the papers slagged them off a bit like Holloway's doing here We finished joint top goal scorers last season. We didn't have Andre Gray, who smashed it in his first year. Um, It's a judge missed a large part of the season. But what the, you know, what people at Holloway fail to understand is that we, we still scored a lot of goals. Yes, we had our problems, but, you know, we did well and. To go back
4: to a Skype on there, I listened to Tony Gale. He he said something earlier today, and I don't, another one I don't really pay a lot of attention to, but what he actually, I thought, oh, actually, you do know what you're talking about. He said, it doesn't matter where your goals come from, you don't necessarily need a 20-goal season striker, as long as you overall get the right amount of goals, and that's what we did last year. We got
3: overall a, a, a very, very high amount of goals. So we got a lot of goals. There's a lot of uh, Ian Holloway hate going down. But at the end of the day, everyone's got their own opinion. Listen, now, listen, look, we still don't know what the team's going to be. We didn't even discuss the centre-back scenario, um, who's in, who's out. But it doesn't really matter because we'll find out on Saturday. But listen, let's go forward because we've been talking amongst ourselves. But recently, about two or three days ago, there was actually a fans forum very early this season. I think they chose it deliberately when a lot of people were on holiday so that people wouldn't be waving sticks at them and having a laugh. Say you're going to set the manager in three days' time. We had a fan forum where we had a number of people out there from the club explaining what's going to be going down at Brentford over the next season. So we're going to talk about the fans forum right now. So every year, Brentford have a fans forum. And it's basically an excuse for... uh, them to get the fans in front of a load of uh, the staff for Brentford, the manager and the CEO and all sorts of people for them to have a bit of a moan and then they say we've got it out the way and then no one can moan again for the rest of the season. Obviously it didn't work last season because so many weird things went so horribly wrong and they thought we better not have a forum at the end of the season because it's going to be complete and utter mayhem so they decided to release the forum earlier this time so that less people could attend like us because we were on drinking beers in the Mediterranean somewhere. Plus map matter because great Brentford put it on YouTube, so we actually saw exactly what was going down, and uh, the forum was quite interesting actually. There's Phil Giles on there, is the CEO Cliff Crown, who's um, Phil Giles is the director of football. Sorry, Cliff Crown, the CEO, Mark Devlin. I'm getting it all wrong. The Cliff Crown's the chairman, Mark Devlin, CEO, Dean Smith, who's the manager. Coach. Hey coach. Hey coach. But, oh, head coach <laughs> sorry sorry see what I'm saying is my brain's gone all lucid after drinking all that Estrella sort of Spanish beer and uh, yeah, they're all sitting down there and they had fans asking them questions and overall like I said to you it was good the, I think the good thing for me was actually seeing Dean Smith who I've only met much I said I met him out in Germany interviewed him for a few minutes out there and he seemed like a really nice bloke uh, as we said before and we've, we've we've shied away from actually kind of taking Dean Smith out for a drink like we did to Marinus Deichhausen because he got sacked eight weeks later and uh, we didn't want the same thing to happen to Dean Smith so we've left him alone and I met him in Germany lovely bloke and I saw him on the forum again and he seemed like a lovely down to earth bloke and I could see probably the reason why they say that he is a good man manager and the players seem to, to like him which I think is a very important thing um, also, I think Phil Giles has sort of grown in the role. Um, I think he was a bit awkward last year. I put him in front of the camera and he was like a bit sort of stiff and a bit, but now he doesn't really give a monkeys, it seems, and he'll answer and say whatever he feels as well. Cliff Crown and Mark Devlin asking the same questions as well, but guys, I'm just going to put it around the table to say, I mean, we've got fans forum as well. Anything that came out of this fans forum which you thought was good or bad or indifferent, Laney? I oh, was a bit, bit
4: disappointed if I'm honest with you that there wasn't fans there to ask us the serious questions that matter you know this time last year we had people asking about corporate hospitality and those, those,
3: those questions just weren't even they were just like it wasn't even mentioned okay I understand that corporate hospitality is a massive uh, important point you know especially when players were getting shelved last season and, uh, and people were waving their fists and wanted to burn the club down but anyway we'll move on Savvy. B
5: uh, I thought it was incredibly uh, anodyne I thought actually <coughs> there was nothing asked or nothing answered that could possibly be of any interest to anyone it was, it was just it was just like here's a question, here's an answer that was it, it was just like really boring but
3: Don't you think that is the fans forum? I mean that's the whole objective is that you put a fans forum out there so that people have the, 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 the opportunity to ask the questions and then they can say well, you had the opportunity to ask them what are you complaining about
5: yeah, I think, I think it, it is that kind of process, isn't it, where if you do it before the season starts, there's nothing to moan about. I mean, you could start saying, well, we haven't got you know, this player or that player, uh, but we still got time to get them. So, you know, you, you can't have a go at them. So it's just like the timing is just really poor. But also it was just a nothing event. Wallpaper. Yeah, well, worse than wallpaper. What's worse than wallpaper? Paint. Watching paint dry.
6: Magnolia, maybe. <laughs> um, I, I've got a bit of love hate things with these fans for him. I, I, some of the questions are very benign, you know. They really are quite quite boring, and I, I don't really... Other than the hospitality question, of course. Oh uh, yeah, of course. I mean happened. that's you know that's that's critical. Um, the one thing I did pick up on was, Anderson and Giles both saying about top six being really realistic, and I'm just not sure we do ourselves. Many favours to be honest. Last year, one of the big things was you know, the message was we want to do better than last year, which was a fifth place finish at the time, and we've said the same again this year. and I'm just not sure we do a certain I'm not sure they do themselves any favours with these big predictions. I mean, Dean Smith said he wants to finish top. I like the mentality, but it's not going to happen, is it? You know, I
0: you're, you're between a rock and a hard place with that, aren't you? Someone asked you the question you can try and bluff it off or, or uh, it's really difficult to uh, how do you answer that question without appearing like you haven't really got a target or your target it's, it's difficult I think to, 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 to answer that but maybe could be dealt with better um,
4: do you- well, I think it needs to be like more like you know, prime minister's question time, where you know where, where people can ask questions, and you got you you know you kind of get an answer. It's it's, it's all it's actually too political. You know, there, there, there's it's kind of it is a little bit. It's kind of you can't ask anything too sort of too sort of risky. You, you, you can't answer anything, and you can't ask anything. So it's almost like what's the point? But you've got to do it because there is every point.
3: I think it's also, and it's interesting as well. And I think it's good the fact that people do ask the questions, and people go out there. And this is not a criticism of people as such. But what I think is, is um, one interesting thing is that what you do notice is that if you look online. And there's the whole, you know, keyboard warrior thing. People get really proud and they get very, very vicious online and they'll say whatever they want to. The fact is that when they get the real opportunity to go out there and actually ask somebody face-to-face, and we've asked loads of people to come on the podcast and say, listen, let's just discuss things around the table. And the amount of people that just refuse and just say no, it's kind of like they're very, very happy to do it behind their keyboards where they're safe, but they won't do it. And this forum is a prime opportunity where you see some of the things that are said about, I don't know, the chairman. Listen everyone's entitled to their own opinion but my argument is that it's great if you can actually get out there have an argument which is mon- more than 140 characters right and speak to somebody about it and have a two-way conversation about it but no one ever seems to actually go out and do that and that's why a lot of the questions are a little bit a little bit safe and a little bit this and why don't we sign this person and you know kind of half the answers anyway and this i find that a little bit disappointing because every time we have this form i think brilliant it's kicked off on the forum. Like last year, it's kicked off on the forum for the last four weeks. It's all going off left, right, and centre. Blah, we've sold this player, we sold that player. Ah, oh, this is happening. The no the one's like, happy. Yeah, the pitch is falling apart. Like this and the other. And then you turn up at the forum expecting to be, like, and you get hospitality, and you sort of think, what's going on here? You know, I mean, I didn't make the forum this year or last year because I was away for both of them. So I'm sitting online thinking, brilliant. It's all going to kick off. Hey, hey, we can write it's about a
4: real this. Yeah. answer.
6: And it's, it's not happening. To be fair, it's not. You know. the I think the concept of it is a really good idea it's not like the club come out and say you can't ask these questions it's the people turning up isn't it and you
1: know
6: no I just think I I, I just I'd I'd like to see some more the questions you really want answered, but
5: I, I think maybe as Bees fans we're just too happy at the moment. I mean, we've, it's our third season in the championship. Maybe we've got nothing to moan about anymore.
3: But people are moaning. There's some proper moaning going out there, and that's the question. And everyone's got their right, so this is not having a go. I'm just saying to you. But listen, what to, you know. So, but I mean, what, I'll, what I mean, what I'll say is that the question, you know, that that, that I was asking. As well, because it's interesting because somebody asked the question, which is really obvious because, again, we've talked about finances and everyone's talked about finance and the fact that Brentford, 10 million turnover, lost 50 million last year. So we can't go out and pay huge wages. Everyone kind of knows it. So there's a question at the fans forum which said, you know, are we going to buy Pritchard? and normally is 8 million pounds right now oh, uh, it's cool because listen it's good because the question was asked which means that somebody has to answer that question so that's been put out there and they also asked about canos and he was 2.5 million pounds now for me even though those questions were a little bit like you know slightly redundant because we knew what the answers were and it gave phil jars a very easy of oh, dean smith very easy answer no we're not going to More to the question is discussing this loan to buy, because obviously Pritchard was a loan player that we bought in. And uh, in the Division 1, we bought in, you know, uh, we bought in um, uh, Bidwell and we bought in Forshaw and we loaned them in and then they looked good and then we end up buying them and it all worked out really well. We've gone in for this loan-to-buy scenario. Now we've moved up, you know, moved up the ante, and we've got in Pritchard. And then at the end of the season, we want to try and get hold of him and buy him. But no, we couldn't have him. And then we've got Canos, and we've bigged him up, and then we tried to buy him. We can't do that. And even Swift, who actually didn't play that great over the season, and we've tried to get him. But no, Redding's come in, and they've more money for him. So I'm just wondering, this loan-to-buy scenario that we used to have, have we abandoned it? Does it not work for us anymore? What is the scenario? And also, the question I'm going to say is, because the thing about it is that, you know, what is the? it's great having these players who are, you know, are they doing us a favour playing for us? So we go to Tottenham and say, oh, please, please, Tottenham player, play for us because we'll be better for a season until you go off and go somewhere else. Or does it have to have a benefit to us where we actually have to get those players and try and see if we can get them on a longer-term basis? Because at the moment now, we seem to be struggling on a longer-term basis because if they're any good... They don't come to us, and if they're rubbish, we don't want them anyway. I think um, we're in a state of
4: flux is the answer to that. I think we've um, got this academy system that isn't working pretty much anywhere apart from one or two clubs. Um, this It's all snapshots in time. so. So uh, when we bought Bibwell and um, Foreshore in, it suited Everton at the time, and it suited us at the time. And, I, and I, I just think we're all evolving. In the same way that we've scrapped our academy system and we're looking for a B team, each club is... Is changing the way that they deal with their their rookies that are coming through, and and, and I and I don't I don't think I don't think there's any clarity. I know it, although it worked for us three seasons ago, I think there's just so much change in football at the moment. I just I, I think I, I just can't see anything staying the same for more than a season at a
3: time. Well, it's also we're at a higher level. We're now at a higher level, so if we have players who perform at a higher level, people just come in and buy them. They weren't interested when we were an winner in Division One. As soon as you get a player that's half decent in the Championship, we got everyone and their dog after us trying to grab the player off us paying them more money
5: I think that's exactly it because I think once you're in the championship <coughs> a, a player who plays well in the championship we can't afford because we are in terms of turnover and finance etc we are bottom six if not lower than that <coughs> so by being bottom six it means that anyone who actually does well we can't afford so we can't afford 2.5 million canos we can't. certainly can't afford a 6 million <coughs> um, <coughs> plus plus for Pritchard and I had a Tottenham supporting mate of mine say oh you're really unlucky because if you'd sold Judge for 6 million you would have been able to buy Pritchard off of us and I'm thinking no he couldn't because Pritchard would want loads and loads of wages in the same way that if we sell Judge for 6 million where he goes the wages are going to be three times what we can afford to pay him in the same way that if Pritchard goes for 6 million it's still going to be three times more than we can afford to pay him
3: And it's interesting you say that as well because I've got to bring up the judge scenario because it's actually mentioned in the fans forum um, and it's talking about, you know, we're talking about the scenario about what we can afford and people do have relationship because I mean there's somebody again on one of the Brentford Facebook groups out there who's moaning saying you know he and Holloway's right we are going to get relegated we are going to get relegated we're not spending the money we're not spending the money right now listen everyone's entitled to their own opinion and we could hoff and laugh at them but at the end of the day he may be right at the end of the season we don't know we don't have a crystal ball Um, the arguments that they may give may be right or wrong but the argument is actually to be quite honest with you, we've only got a certain amount of money, and we cannot go and spend the money that these teams are going on. And that's the thing that people don't understand. And it's not that we're preaching from somebody else's book or up their own arse. The facts are there. The, the figures are there. Have a look at them. We did an article on it. It's The books are inside there. You can't make money out of smoke. You can't go up to somebody and say, I know, mate, you've only just put... You've put $90 million in, but can't you put in $150 million because that's what we want you to do? It doesn't really work like that. But... Um, you know, but I mean, the, the allied. I know that you're you you
0: agreeing with it. Well, no, I was I was sort of I was I huffed, but but the point I was huffing at was that we are not going to go out and buy players for six, seven, eight million pounds because you know whatever you think, we, we're not going to do it. That isn't the ethos at the club. I wasn't huffing so much at somebody else who thinks we may get relegated because, you know, who knows at this point, um, and and maybe if you if you if you sort of got some sort of thing and works out the v- values of all the players and, and and wages and stuff. We probably are in the bottom six, as, as Sav says. So so, 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 so maybe to just laugh at that and take the piss out of somebody saying that isn't 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 that reasonable? Um, but you know, we, we but we are, we are where you where we are, and we, we, we need to make the most of it. And it's interesting. Just coming back to the judge thing because they mentioned it in the
3: podcast, and they said basically financially we lost out on the judge money. You have to read in between the lines, and also information that we've heard from various people from Sheffield Wednesday, from other places as well. Judge was pretty much out of Brentford. You know, they were, for whatever reason, last 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 December or last 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 window or the the, the, the December window, he was out of Brentford. That that, that is a fact. He was out of. You know, there's no smoke without fire. We've heard from all sorts of different sources all over the place that. He was out from Brentford, then for whatever reason, what that flipped on its head, maybe in different reasons. I know that the drug charge was coming in, there's all sorts of stuff happening, you know what I'm saying, which you, you know, I'm saying, which were, which were floating around. So that changed. But the fact is that if he didn't leave at Christmas, he would have left in summer. And even Phil Giles, whoever said it, said that they, they, they did that. They've obviously banked on that money, which was a lot of money, right? Which was six million pounds or so, there or thereabouts, which is a lot of money for Brentford. We weren't going to go and spend another six million pounds, but we probably might have reinvested two million or three million of that money, which you've got to somebody else. And if that money ain't come in, that's obviously changed the way that we are going to do business. And as they said in the forum, it's made things more difficult. So that means that we've, it's almost like we've spent a load of money last couple of years, but this time we're trying to keep a little bit more of a balance in how we do it. So it's kind of like money goes out, money comes in. The money goes out again. So if we get six
0: million in, we'll probably spend three million or whatever it may be. And people have to get used to it. That's the way it's going to be. And you're absolutely right. And people need to remember this is that next time we do sell a player for five or six million. And undoubtedly we will. Maybe it's Hogan. Who knows? Is that when they moan about it, what they need to remember is that actually we didn't sell Judge when we could have cashed in on him. For various reasons, Hotter is another example. Because it would have been a riot if we'd have sold Hotter last summer for however many millions we could have got for Hotter. But you know what? Looks like it would have been a good idea. at The way things stand at the moment,
4: I'm really glad that we've we're in this division and established and com- comfortable and confident. I wouldn't want to come be promoted into this division this year. I, I think I'd be scared. So scared because you know it's the strongest. I think you know I, I put my hand. Out, I think it's the strongest championship has ever been, um, and we're we we're, we're going to survive. You know it, it, we we may we may not be pushing for a playoff place, but we we are equipped to survive. And you know this this is a pre- this is premiership light now. The, the, there are teams in there that probably would survive in the premier Newcastle. I mean, look at Newcastle. For God's sake, you know that's awesome
0: there's two managers in this league that have won the Champions League next season
6: and that gives you know that gives you an idea how strong it is and, and as you said with we, such a strong division we, we've had to change I think we're going to have to change the way we do things Pritchard, £8 million or, or, or close to is ridiculous so rather than get these players in on loan with a view to buying them I think we just need to get them in on loan and make the most of them and if we know it's going to be a, a year well, then we need, as soon as we get them in, we need to be looking at the next crop. Who are we going to bring in lo- you know, next season to replace Canyos, to replace Pritchard? And that's what, you know, rather than the yeah, buy to lo- yeah. the loan to buy, we look to just loan each year.
3: But it's, in- it's interesting because we talked to Phil about that um, when we had him as an interview. And we said to him, look, Phil, you know, can we get in players earlier? Are you worried about the fact that, you know, people or other teams are going to usurp us the whole time? I think we talked about it just after... Reading had usurped us on Evans, where we thought that deal was a done deal, and all of a sudden last minute they usurped us, He said, nah, I'm not worried about it, everything is cool, you know we're doing the right thing, but the fact is that there is, I have to say, there is a fear that, you know, we can and we will be usurped because we only have a certain budget that we can play around with, we, you know we are Brentford, we are, you know, yes we've got probably a bigger budget than Rotherham just about we've got a bigger budget than Burton, but well, you know, probably round about the Huddersfield budget but we're still within the bottom three, bottom four teams in this division, so at the the day, Leeds United could come in and usurp us for Kemar Roof. That guy was in the bag, right? He was in the bag. He was coming to Brentford, and the next minute, he's not coming to Brentford, and the reason why is that Leeds United have decided, tell you something, Kemar. we'll probably offer you 15 grand a week. And I'm saying, there you go, you scored loads of goals, and we can't compete with that. So, you know, we're talking about... Um, Yes, we could bring in loan players, but I'm worried about this loan player scenario because the fact is that if they're any good, somebody's going to grab them. Do we? Can't we do a deal where we turn around and say, listen, what we'll do is that we'll slip the team a million pounds or something like that. And if the player's any good, we get a preferential rate where we sign him for X amount of money and we got the first dibs on him. But something like that, something a bit more of a creative deal making situation rather than waiting and hoping at the end of the season that their agent ain't going to rinse us for a load of cash. I mean, like Jurisim. Jurisim. Well, we I, Juricene, we yeah. had a deal with Jurisim.
0: Yeah. Uh, the point I was going to make was that we we managed to get that option, I believe, on and It didn't work out, but maybe these players that are genuinely like your Canos is, um, you know, is the parent club, is the owning club, going to be prepared to offer that deal? And that's the question. I mean, the thing is, because the thing is that these
3: you can see these Premiership teams, they've got these academy players and they ain't doing nothing to offer them all they keep doing is just farming them out and keeping their fingers crossed and hoping that one team actually does something and does something like what we've done with quite a few players a lot of these other players get farmed out to these clubs and they do absolutely bugger all they come back and they're doing 8, nine, ten different loans
4: um, I think we need to um, start looking at using statistics and then um,
3: using some looking at continental players
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not sure if that idea
6: will work to be quite honest with you <laughs> Don't know how to follow that. Um, the the difference, like the Jurachin deal, uh, and it's the simple fact I think that Premier League clubs, with the amount of money they're getting, don't need—you know—they don't need to sell them on the cheap because if they keep hold of them, it's no biggie to them. If they lose a bit of money on them, it's nothing. Whereas Pritchard comes up good; they're getting eight million quid. You know, Red Bull, or where the Jurachin came from, that million pound is massive to them, and that's why I think they'll put them sort of deals in place. Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool they're just going to keep hold of them it's that conveyor belt which is ridiculous you know and then that comes back to the whole system which is wrong for the
3: academies which we talked about last week where the academies and they can come in and rinse people players and the whole system starts to break down surely people will be looking at the whole system to make it work for teams from the top to the bottom because at the moment now lots of people are gaining lots of players are just floundering around not doing nothing the England team's doing nothing in this country maybe we need to actually sit down and actually start working together from the top to bottom so everybody starts working still to talk about a couple of few other points at the fans forum Giles um, said that Hotter uh, had the option to recall him but they're not going to recall him for various personal reasons we've talked about this for the last six months or eight months people don't believe it Hotter ain't coming back to Brentford end of story he ain't coming back from Brentford if we can get some money from him from wherever we'll get the money from him but he ain't coming back from Brentford Cliff Brown also talked about Lionel Road there's been a movement in Lionel Road where there's a bit of action and Uh, They're talking about the possibility of digging starting happening quite soon, which is quite good. I think, you know, something's been activated. So that's a lot of people that will make them very happy. Um, Like I said to we did a few calculations saying Lionel Road is good. But don't think that Lionel Rose is actually going to go and bring us in a thirty thousand pound a week striker because that's not the scenario that happens. You know, we'll probably get an extra three million pounds a year from actually being in Lionel Road, which is great because there's an extra three million pounds a year on top of the ten million that we're already pulling in. But it's not going to make us compete against Leeds on twenty five million and Brighton on twenty five million and Sheffield Wednesday on thirty or thirty five million. So we've still got a way to go there, Sav. Uh, we will have better toilets, though. Apparently we'll have said better toilets. But one other point we said, which is an interesting point, Dean Smith said, I've not picked a captain yet, and obviously Bidwell has gone to QPR. A lot of people have questions as to Bidwell, great player, lovely, but is he captain quality? Some people said yes, some people said, you know, no, very professional, but was he the shouter, was he the motivator? We don't know. So obviously we've got a new captain coming, and Dean Smith says the person who I'm going to choose as captain is going to be someone who I believe is going to play every single game. Now that's kind of giving you a little bit of a clue. I've got to go around the table now. Who is this player going to be as captain? And what I'm going to say this before we say this, that interesting Lasse Vibe played tonight for uh, Denmark. And he was in Rio and he played in Denmark and he was captain of Denmark. But he's obviously going to be out for two or three weeks. So the fact he's out for two or three weeks, he's not going to play every single game. So does that mean that um, um, Lasse Beatt has been ruled out as being the Brentford captain? Question mark lads.
4: Um, yeah, well, he, he's ruled out because if he, if he's going to miss a game, he's not going to play two. <laughs> so um, Woods, he's, for the minute I saw that player when he came on the pitch against Leeds, I loved him. Uh, the mere cat. The meerkat, yeah, is is a is another is another foreshore. He's, he's he's someone who controls the ball without even knowing he has. He's, it's that natural to him. Um, he looks up. He's looking for the pass. He's he's, he's you know he's, he's a he's an intelligent player. Um, for a captain, I'm probably I've, I've, from from day one since he signed, I've been looking for Andreas Bjelland to be the captain. I think he was signed to be the captain. Uh, we, you know it's it's galling slightly that we're not going to see him at the start of this season. Um, in the first team in the the league I've only saw him for a handful of minutes against Oxford that's the only times I've seen him Um, so we're looking at Harley Dean probably at the moment he's he's the one he's the one that I I I, I think he's he's the natural captain there at the moment I I think Harley Dean is not without his faults and he's certainly not without his critics but I I think he's he's more a, a centre back is more of a captain than a goalkeeper or a left back Will he start every game? I hope not.
3: oh controversial.
4: No, well, well, I, I'm expect. I mean, I mean, I'm expecting Barbe, Bielend, Egan to all, all to all be to, to all be there.
3: You know. But Dean Smith said he's, he's going to be a person that starts
4: every single game. So yeah, there, I, there won't be one player that starts every single game this season. There won't be. Oh,
3: oh, Sav. Uh,
5: I think <coughs> I think Dave's got it right. I think Woods is probably the the one that he's going to start every game of the season.
4: Probably too young for captain,
5: though. Probably too young for captains. So was Bidwell. Bidwell was quite young as well, uh, I think. Uh, Woods also plays in the area of the pitch where he could be. And um, shout out to Rebel B, who actually reckons that Woods is the prime candidate. But he also said that Woods um, <coughs> went into Dean uh, Smith at the end of last season and said, I want to play in the middle of the park, because he was being played out, out wide. He says, I want to play in the middle of the park. And he's insisted, and Dean's put him there. And he seems to be playing there, and I think it's, it's kind of maturity that's saying, look, I know what I am. I know why I can play best, and you know this, this is me at Brentford. And so I, I can see, I can see him actually growing while he's been here. And, and this season in the Friendlies he's proved to be a really, really top player. And I think he's he's he is captain material. I think you're right. He's a bit young. Vice captain maybe. Vice captain definitely, without a doubt. But I don't. I wouldn't actually want Dean like same as. As Lainey, I wouldn't actually want Dean to start. I, he's not my he's not
3: my starting. Dean, Dean. Uh, Holly Dean. Harley yeah. Don't forget there is the, uh, there is the
4: the, the cop out that the the the, the matchday captain and the club captain. There, there, there is that.
5: But I think the club captain is, uh, is already uh, Kevin Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's laughs>
1: right.
6: On on the basis of who's going to play 46 games, there is only one player in that side. That he's going to play forty-six games, and that's Dan Bentley. I hope, God forbid, he should get injured. Um, he can't be captain. One, I don't think goalkeepers make the best captains, and two, he's very young. Um, personally, I would give it to Woods because he is being the standout performer, not just in pre-season, but but last year as well. I mean, I saw him up against up, up at Leeds, and even though he made you know he dropped one for the for the goal, you could just tell, can you? He just had this ability on the ball. And he's grown. Not only is he come in and look great, but he grew throughout the season. So for me, I'd give it to him. Right.
0: <coughs> <laughs> 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 I don't buy any of this captain nonsense. Um, said it before. Said it last year. No, because I, because I genuinely believe that you put yourself. You and I think England have got the same problem. Is that you pick yourself a captain, you put yourself under pressure. Um, by picking a captain, then you feel like you've got to play him, um, and I just so for me, I would personally take all the pressure off myself I would make Sam Saunders club captain and then I would pick a captain by game depending on what team um, I picked and um, probably one of the centre-backs and I think that's the sensible solution, to be brutally honest Um, just just take the pressure off you, give it to somebody who clearly isn't going to play all the games, and then you can pick the best team, the best centre-backs for each game, rather than be be driven by this ridiculous captain thing that that, that that the England team have failed with for so long
4: but doesn't it add another million onto their transfer fee if they were the club captains is, is it not worth appointing it to the person that you think could could be going next
3: well, well, okay. I'm in Captain. <laughs> <laughs>
5: That's
3: right. So listen, and, and there's a few other things. And like so we'll try and post this up on the on the on on, on on the on the site as well. And if you look below this podcast as well, we will put the notes in there. There's other things about you know Devlin saying <laughs> electronic scoreboard, which we've been talking about since the 80s, if I remember rightly, is brilliant, and it never ever turns up. Um, you know, 500, 5,500 season tickets sold, slightly less than last year. They think it's going to get better. Um, there's also going to be some plans to commemorate 50 years since the QPR takeover bid was failed so we're going to celebrate you know, and, and the Anglo-Italian Cup, run oh yeah, and uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, 2002 <laughs> or 1992 as well. well that's
5: 25 years. Isn't
3: yeah, it? so that's going to be quite interesting as well. So next year there's going to be a lot of hate um, uh, happening around about March time, and the Anglo-Italian Cup when we went to Ascoli and there were 600 Brentford fans. Uh, about, video, we? we got loads of video, which I still keep saying I'm going to edit, and I will do that very much. So we've got loads of video from the Anglo-Italian Cup, which I'll put out soon. I promise you, 600 Brentford fans, about 30. Italian Ascoli fans with about 3,000 police. So uh, <laughs> so that was hilarious, a uh, couple of days or a week away if he did. So anyway, fans forum, interesting. We had a good old chat there. And yes, it's, it's, it's getting incredibly jazzy here at the Plough Pub in Northfields. There's jazz around the corner. We've come around the other corner now but we're still actually just tapping our toes. I've got my jacket on. I've got, I'm smoking my pipe. I've got my slippers on as we listen to jazz. And it's interesting because we've got a new little musical interlude. We've got section called Hang the BJ. This is a series, it's a new series where we basically hear from someone related to Brentford or maybe even football even and what they do is that they give us a tune that actually first reminds them, or reminds them of the team that they love. This week, we're actually going to be talking to someone who's very much in the news at the moment now. He's a bit of a cult hero down at Brentford. We're talking to Mr. Bob, the kit man.
7: My name is Bob Hooting, known as Big Bob. Why, I don't know. (laughs) I live in the dugout at Griffin Park, which is the new roadside. I've enjoyed my time at Brentford. I'm still enjoying my time at Brentford. I know there's some great times ahead of us. My funniest moment at Brentford has got to be watching Sam Saunders wash a car in the nude for a forfeit. It was quite a sight and that would have been one for the ladies. But up to date now, my fondest memory may sound strange, but it's in the dressing room after we lost to Yeovil in the playoff final and looking around the place, a lot of full on faces, sad people. and Matthew Bennon came in and in true Matthew style just said, you know, It wasn't our day, but rest assured, he's gonna do everything he can to uh, make sure we get promoted the following season. And as we all know, we went on and proved all the doubters wrong. Well, the sharpest dresser at the club. Mm. It's gotta be my old Maka, Sons. I love him to pieces. This is the only man I know in the history of football. That can make a pair of scraggy jeans look good. He could wear a bin bag with a belt and he still look classic. But yeah, Soames is, is a top, top man and a top, top dresser. I think he invented the word sharp suit. Player with the most fines. wow. That's an easy one, he's not here anymore. But John Swift was forever getting fined. I mean, I can't go into some of the things he did, but I'm glad he's a footballer anyway, but trust me. John Swift used to get fined for ridiculous things. My special tune that always reminds me of Brentford for now and forever will be a a big instrumental tune by Steve Oakey. It's called Boneless. I first heard it when we went to Vegas on our promotion. And it was really special in terms of the whole squad and team, staff were all together. And when this tune came on, everybody Van none was up and rocking to this tune. So if you ask any, a lot of this team, Steve Oakey, Boneless, they will know that tune. And uh, it still gets played now and then to remind a few of us of the good times. Well, I loved speaking to everybody listening to me. I love BFC. And I've got to say a big shout-out to all the fans who get involved in uh, the BB giveaways. I love doing them. Um, The BB giveaways will continue. A few twists and turns as our season will be. And I look forward to seeing everybody on the road and at GP. UBs.
3: So that was Bob the Kitman in our new little musical series, which is Wicked. And also, check out the video on Bob the Kitman's Twitter and also on our Twitter. And also, you'll catch it on the information section of this podcast as well. But if you notice that video of Bob the Kitman, 888, I think, is the sponsor for Brentford as well. And they produced that video um, along with a uh, Tottenham fan, actually. But we won't talk about him. Theo, actually, good geezer. But listen. If you watch that video, if you notice in the background, there was actually a little thing in the background talking about the fines that Brentford players get and there's some ridiculous fines out there and we're just thinking, listen, how petty can you be in fining players? Sav, I know that you have taken on to this and you've actually just thought about this a lot, haven't you?
5: I have. I, was, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean there's a lot of uh, piss taking and <laughs> one of the things you can get fined for is pissing in the shower. Yes. And uh, I'm quite upset. That it's only it's only twenty pounds, <laughs> <laughs> but but there is no equivalent in the uh, in the match day fines. So I presume you yeah, you probably get 20 pound back if you piss in the away grounds showers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's that's one of the things that I sort of took took my took my attention.
3: Which is interesting as well because obviously you had the scenario where Brighton actually uh, shit in the away team's dressing room as well. So what what, what, what would that fine would have been? Do you think? Uh, that, that would have been quite a lot. <laughs> how uh,
5: much? But how much? 40. Uh, well, yeah, four, yeah, double,
3: double, pounds uh, double, yeah. Do yeah. you do you think it would have been worth it if it's Fulham? do you think it would be worth it paying 40 quid to do that well
5: shit's on the full and we do that regularly don't we so, <laughs> so that's not a problem <laughs> but the, the, I mean what it, what it showed to me was that that was only 20 pounds okay but not clearing your plate was 50 pounds <laughs> and I'm thinking no, what's not clearing your plate mean does it mean actually not finishing your meal? Because, like you know, we, as we know, there are like you know starving professional footballers in Rochdale and Rotherham in some parts of Wales. But you know, is <laughs> is it that, or is it actually not like you know putting your 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 sort of waste food into the bin? I don't get it. Don't is understand a, that. A, at a, all.
3: It's a euphemism.
5: Oh, it could be, could be. That's a good one.
3: Yeah. Uh, 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 anything else, uh, yeah, I mean, oh Seb? Yeah. I, I can see you're uh, riled well, up I'm here.
5: I'm sorry, but... Uh, we, listen, we might have
3: to get Bob the Kitman to actually explain all of this, like, because it's all his fault. I wish he would, because there is the, the racist
5: one, <laughs> what I call the racist one, <laughs> which is the speaking foreign language anywhere. Yeah. Now, that is currently... What, well, well, even that's in your own house? I'm sorry, but that is currently £30. Surely, <laughs> surely it's got to be in Euros.
3: Yeah, 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 that's Well, well for now, anyway. Yeah. But a couple of years' time, it'll be in pounds.
5: Also, I mean, what about dialects? I mean, let's face it, when Harley Dean... And Sam just get together. Surely no one understands what the hell they're fucking saying. You know? well, 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 okay. What about McCormick? No, no, but yeah, there's the Irish lot. No? I can understand them because my wife's Irish, right? But it's <laughs> all about you now, is it? <laughs> but, but,
4: it's yeah. all about you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's nearly
5: always, always about me. That's fair enough. Yeah. But the Essex lot, I mean, why the hell? You know, they'll just be rabbiting away in some kind of Essex Cockney weirdo thing that none of the, the French players are going to understand. So why, why have a go at that? Well, maybe the French players
3: understand it's just you,
5: Seth. Hey, well, no, I'm, I'm a bit cockney. I can do cockney.
4: Well, yeah. I, I, I think the old um, no foreign language thing that only was put in after the old Brexit vote. and um, <laughs> But it doesn't matter because at
3: least it feels like I've got a little bit of my Brentford back. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Sav, is, is there anything else that you've... I mean, uh, again, on that, are uh, we going to need more clarification?
5: No, I, th- I think that's about it. I mean, a lot of the other things are quite sensible, to be honest. Right.
3: Yeah. So, so basically, you're happy with the fines.
5: I, 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 I think the players should be fined for being late on a match day.
3: Well, fair enough. Well, Ten
4: plus three. Yeah. So hold a
3: second. Do you? F- so the question I'm going to ask you is: uh, Are we going to come up to this later? Because apparently um, there was an M25 situation with uh, who is it? The M25 situation with uh, Pritchard. Pritchard, and he got stuck on the M25 on his way to a signing. So should he have been fined for that? Hey, hey, no. Why not? Well, he
5: got, he got paid extra. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, got, he got extra. I mean,
3: so, so he's going to Brighton and he got stuck on the m 25 but he doesn't get fined because he got paid extra at Norwich.
5: No, he, he's, he's owned by Tottenham until that signing takes place.
3: So shouldn't Tottenham have uh, find him?
5: No. Because they wanted to get rid of him, didn't they? Yeah, Tottenham to want to get the best value out of him. So, so, so they,
3: so they organised the, 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 the M25 motorway snarl up.
5: I wouldn't be surprised.
3: <laughs> so there you go. So at the end of the day, it's Bob the kit man who put a phone call into Tottenham to organise a snarl up to get him fined is that right
5: no no <laughs> <laughs> Billy I don't think you know what you're talking about no no
0: no, no. anyway recall this I'm a bit confused by some of this so match day there's a 20 pound fine for no jewellery in the warm-up so is that 20 quid for not wearing jewellery in the warm-up or is that 20 uh, Good point. So, so I'm a com- bit confused by that one um, the, f- the flip-flop thing um, I, again a bit confused whether you're supposed to whether you're supposed to wear them or not um, and um and the urine there's the urine fine, isn't there as well? Yeah, yeah um, we talked about the yeah, yeah, the yeah. urine fine you Yeah. Um, um, so yeah I, you, 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 it's quite interesting to find it. oh and also there's 20 quid for if you wear the wrong match day attire so does, yeah. is that like you wear white shorts instead of black shorts during the game totally or something the <laughs> yeah.
4: and the no foreign language thing is in there for a reason let's not let's not forget this so who is to blame for that clause yeah. it's, it's, either the, it's either the bloody French <laughs> or it's the bloody Danish or the bloody Spaniels <laughs> or it could be the Irish or
3: the bloody Irish <laughs> can, I, can, I, can, can I I want to add a fine to that list
6: if I can yeah, add a fine go on the go no, way wait, wait, you've got to talk to Bob the kit man because it's, it's, I think it's his fine list can I direct this I'll direct this to Bob then Um, Bob I turn up every Saturday yeah, and all I see is players wearing multi-coloured boots yes. and it hurts my eyes and I, but I'm a traditionalist and that's why I like Lewis McLeod so much, because yes. he's turned up in black boots. Yeah. So I wanna see, what are they? Well, I, I want to see 50 quid fine. Is that all? 50 quid? But you, all right, 100 quid. 100, 100 quid. 250. Per multicoloured boot. So that means that's 100 quid for your left and then 100 quid for your right boot and, as well.
0: And, and an extra 100 quid if they don't match.
6: Yes. <laughs> Especially that. That's that really gets like right.
3: so, so listen, Besotted have put this forward, Bob the Kitman, hope he's listening. I know he's listening, Bob the Kitman. If we can put this forward and we see this, if you take a photograph of it, tweet it through to Besotted, we'll be giving you a big thumbs up. Bob the Kitman, you're the man. <laughs> So the Jazz is kicking in and the excitement is absolutely kicking in. Now the season is on its way. Saturday we're off to Huddersfield, but everyone's playing. I mean, tomorrow night Newcastle are going to be, by the time you listen to this, Newcastle will be playing some game against, I don't know, Leeds or somebody like that. Somebody who's always on the team. fuller isn't it, like on Friday I'm night. Fulham will be bottom of the league this time tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. So this is going to be, everyone's getting really excited. But what we did, as we do, we tried to flip things up a little bit. We know what's going on around our club. We asked a load of besotted people who have been on the podcast about their views about Brentford. And if you check out besotted.co.uk or also look at the description section on this podcast, you'll see a little link to the article there. We talked a loads of besotted podcast people as well. But not only do we ask besotted people who have been on the podcast, We asked every single blogger from every single club in the championship about their views on their club and you'll get a really potted view about how they're doing from people who think they're going to be first like Newcastle and Brighton, second to Derby and then people like Rotherham who said we're going to come in 23rd and Aston Villa 24th so check that out really wicked article we've got really really good views really good ratings on that lot people actually really love that a lot and we'll be doing this season to season but I'm going to go around the table now and ask everybody because we've talked about Brentford a lot but let's we need to know about the opposition what they're doing and it's really good to get a view from the opposition fans because sometimes we get a little bit touchy about ourselves we are a little bit too much into ourselves we don't know what else is going on but listening to what these other fans have got to say has been really interesting as it Laney what club took your fancy what do you think Think about another club. The one that really made me laugh, you know, I, I, I am, I am
4: particularly taken by Gallo's humour and uh, the sarcasm. And Aston Villa, Colin Abbott, who's uh, he, he's, he's written a book for me. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, big Aston Villa book of the 70s. He's he's an amazing guy, um, but he's so he's so fucking miserable. And he he watched the whole of last season, and, and he was. He, was, he hated it um, and although you know, although he reckons he'll finish bottom and he's got every reason to, to think that based on last season Ross McCormack's transfer I think is a little bit of a game changer he, he wrote it before the transfer obviously that only happened like, you know, the last 24 or 48 hours but Ross McCormack will bring them 20 or goals which probably takes them from possibly relegation fodder to at least mid-table so you know um, they are, they have got parachute money and, and that's the thing we're up against all season there's probably more teams in this division with parachute money than there ever,
3: there ever has been but, but, but will he be as quiet against us this season for Villa as he was for Fulham? Um, well <laughs> He's got slated
4: actually. Um, he he didn't really put a shift in for Fulham. He scored a lot of goals, but he wasn't he wasn't a team player. Um, I think I think there's a is kind of a renaissance happening at Villa. They've come down and and they're reforming and, and they they they're not gonna they're not gonna take passengers. He'll, he'll have to he'll have to pull his finger out of his fat ass.
5: Yeah, I I was uh, looking at uh, Reading, um, because it just sort of took me aback a little bit.
3: And that's the boys from the Tyler's End, some good good lads as well from the Tyler's End who we have lots of drinks with, and they appear on our podcast as well. Good set of lads.
5: Yeah, I mean, it took me aback a bit, because they were going on and on and on, and on and on, about uh, low knees, saying that, pretty much all the low knees they had last year were all lazy bastards and they didn't put a shift in and they were, you know, they just sort of ruined their club because they're all buggered off now and they're uh, just like uh, really, really lazy and uh, and then I realised that they just bought Swift which was our moan, wasn't it that, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying that oh, you know, John Swift, he's lazy you know, he just sort of strolls around the pitch I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, personally I, I had a lot more time for him than that but it was quite interesting that they, they thought all our low knees are rubbish and we thought that low knee was rubbish, you know, a bit. Um, but, uh, but they've now gone and bought him. So it'd be quite interesting to see how he plays. But also noticed that Rotherham said the same thing. That they had a load of low knees, they didn't really try hard enough, etc, etc. So it's quite interesting that we've had some low knees recently. I think would be, we've been really, really positive about but it's not working for other teams so we see that our recruitment is good you know, the relationship we have with the loaning club is good and we we're able to sort of pick decent ones or, you know, and, and other clubs just aren't doing it so
3: it's quite interesting and interesting as well because I wrote a piece for the Tylos 10 on Swift because they asked me for his opinion and I gave a, I think a balanced view on Swift you can check it as well again we'll try and put the link for this as well as everything else on the podcast as well gave a balanced view which actually frightened a few of the Reading fans because they thought oh my god you know we talked about the fact that he doesn't necessarily track back or if we're in a losing position he's not necessarily the player that you want to have but uh, they wrote a review of him after his first game or his first few games and they were actually very excited about him because they said that they thought he was very skillful, and uh, they, they thought that he looked decent however I think the question is it'll be interesting to see him in a completely and utterly competitive environment but we'll see how it goes the Massey
6: yeah the, the review that really interested me was um, Richard Hobbs from the Wolves fancast. cast he, it was obviously written before the takeover took place um, since he wrote it you know the Chinese um, is it Fosen I think the group that are called that have taken over walls. You know they completed that takeover but sort of interestingly he said um, you know when he spoke about transfers in, transfers out or whatever it, it, they were really looking towards the Academy you know um, and and they were sort of relying on the Academy to bring these players through. And the minute that the Fosian group have taken over we saw was it a 25 million euro bid for for a Benfica player which is it's just absurd I mean this is the championship Um, and I think what I got from his his write-up was that he was he was maybe cautiously optimistic that they weren't going to do worse than last season and now the takeovers are happening I suspect he's going to put the outlooks a lot sunnier in in the black country (laughs) you know I think they're going to They've got a real opportunity now to, to get back to the Premier League to really build and, and and be that huge club that I think potentially they can be. They've got they've got everything in place now, so it's going to be an interesting time for them.
0: Um, for me, and I, I'm going to pick two. Sorry, but I promise not to take up much time. Much time. One of them, maybe they're both a bit personal. Um, uh, the Derby County guy, Ollie Wright, um, he still thinks Darren Bent's going to come good. So, that's, um, that's Ollie from the Derby County podcast as well. Yeah, Darren Bent's going to come good. So um, no, Sorry, what, Ollie from the Derby oh, County blog. I got it wrong, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you got that bit right, but it's the Darren Bent bit that made me laugh. Um, and then, um, what bit about Darren Bent, sorry? He's going to come good. Um, and then there's um, the Harry from Bath that's um, our friend Harry, Harry's just absolutely we love Harry, he's brilliant, he's the best I'm going to struggle not to go into sort of Harry mode and do his accent and stuff um, and there's there's various bits for Ipswich which I thought were, were, which were fascinating I mean he loves David McGoldrick I really like David McGoldrick as well, I think he's a brilliantly talented player um, Jonathan Douglas he had as their biggest villain of last year I thought that was <laughs> yeah. mildly entertaining um, but the bits that I enjoyed most, were they going to finish fourth sorry Harry no chance and um and Darrell Murphy had as a creative player when I've only ever saw him as a battering ram. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I love, um,
3: um, I, I, I love the old Wigan, actually, because they're just happy to be there. They went down, they've gone back up, they've got Will Grigg, they're having a laugh, he loves Barnsley, he loves going out having a drink, and he's just happy to be there, and he's just said, I hope we can survive in this league and maybe we might be above relegation. But at the end of the day, I'll probably put my position as something like 6th or 8th or ninth. so there's a bit of a sort of contradiction there. But no, I thought the, the Wigan characters, which is the vital Wigan site, Lactic Speak, as it is, um, really, really good vibe, and I'm actually looking forward to going back to Wigan, and also them coming down to us and a laugh, because we had a good laugh there, but listen, championship in the, the day, like I said, league table from first to Newcastle, everyone put, interesting, everyone put Newcastle down as getting the automatics, except for me actually because I said nah Newcastle it's got to be Brighton you know because I think that everyone's just presuming Newcastle just because they've spent loads of money it's not about the money that you spend it's about how you spend it though isn't it
0: um, it is um, you can spend loads of money in this league um, and you can end up like I mean I'll, I don't know the stats but I throw Derby in there as a team that have, that have spent a few quid here in there and have struggled um, it's, a, it's a very, very competitive league and it really is about getting the best out of the players you've got. Um, you need a decent manager, you need a decent um, selection of players, and you need decent options when those players get injured. And, I mean, Alex Pritchard, player that played for Brentford, brilliant player for Brentford, who played really well for us. Again, we're
3: talking about money. Brighton came in and they bid £7.3 million for him.
0: The deal was done. Then all of a sudden, whoops, they were scuppered. They were scuppered. And wh- what happened there? Well, apparently, I um, mean Brian are talking about some traffic jam on the M25. There's been a, that um, they've had, um, they've had their own. Um, evening tonight where they've been talking to the fans and um, they were usurped by the traffic jam on the M25 apparently. But, but when you say they usurped what happened in the traffic jam? Um, he was on his way assumed to Brighton s- I assume to sign a contract and it took him so long to get there that Norwich jumped in and, and took over. And so basically he was on the M25 around to Brighton
3: to do his medical and he was stuck in traffic and all of a sudden Norwich said oh you're in traffic well you might as well come off at junction 23 and <laughs> come, up <laughs> come up the A." Five or whatever it is, or the A13. I've got no idea what it is up Norwich because we always get the train. And they basically usurped them and did the deal. But the Pritchard, I'm going to say, a lot of money, eight million pounds. We were nowhere near that. But the question I'm going to ask is that is Pritchard going to? Is he going to do the business in this league with Norwich? Because we've had so many scenarios where players come out of where they do very well and they go somewhere else for a lot of money because people say, oh, my God, he's so brilliant. But they go into somebody else's situation. They don't necessarily perform. And I'm asking the question whether or not Pritchard, was he also good because of the manager who came and coached? Because when Pritchard first came to Brentford, he was giving the ball away. He was doing a lot of things. I remember there's certain people, even people that work for the club, who are going, Pritchard, he's greedy. He's, oh, he's not very good. He gives the ball away. Way. and I remember that but now like you know I'm saying he learnt after two or three months is it down to the coaching is it down to the players that are with him is it down to the style of play that we had that made him actually so good
6: and will he be the same at Norwich so- do you know what? I think Alex Neil at Norwich could be the perfect manager for him he, he's not long retired from when he was at was it Cali In- Inverness or somewhere like that and I, I think for Pritchard he is just extremely talented I mean immensely talented one of the best I've seen I think Alex Neal could bring it out of him. Could be perfect.
4: I, I think um, Pritchard is is quality. I think he'll shine in in any any team outside the top flight. I I, I think he'll struggle in, in in the Premier League because the expectation and demands is on a, on a different level. I, I I I you know I wish I wish he'd stayed. I wish it. Wish we we did have this buy this buy clause. But, you know, he's gone. Um, but we, we, we are sadly lacking that that flair player. It was Canos last season. We've got a judge, you know, but he's, you know, will he come back the same player? We we need, we need to replace that. And we're going to yearn a Pritchard until we find a replacement.
5: Pritchard was very young when he came to us and he did his learning there. So I mean, we, we, we turned him into the player that he's become. And I think he's going to be fine now. He's definitely a top, top, top championship player as you can see by the amount of money that people are willing to pay for him.
0: My guess for Pritchard is you probably have to love him and give him some sort of a free role and let him, you know, play the game as he sees it. Um, I'm not sure that Alex Neal will do that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he fits in at, um, how he fits in at Norwich. Um, when he comes to Brentford um, and, and plays against us, um, again, it'll be interesting. If, funnily enough, he might be one of the players that if you do have a you know, a a Woods-Yunaris combination. Actually, they might be able to deal with him better than having one of the old traditional big guys playing in midfield, you know, McCormack or somebody who who may struggle more against him. But very talented player. Um but not worth the money that um, he's that have been paid for.
4: It's funny, isn't it, how when you have a player on loan that you kind of take partial ownership of him. I'm, I'm sure Swindon fans that had him before us, they probably think, oh, you know, Alex Pritchard, he, 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 we, we helped him on his journey. If it wasn't for us, he wouldn't be this and he wouldn't be that. And, you know maybe Swindon should have put in a bigger offering for him when, that, when they had a chance no, maybe we should have put a bigger offering when we had a chance too we, we've, we've kind of missed out perhaps I,
0: I, I doubt he would have um, thought he was worthy of dropping down to our level at that point. Well it's interesting because I spoke to his dad Right. And his
3: agent at the time as well at Brentford and his dad. I remember he said to me and his dad, who's watching the game, came down lovely bloke. And he said to me, I love this club, Brentford. And he, he loves this club. It's a love. It's a warm club. You know, Tottenham is a cold club. And I said, well, let me sign. He goes, oh, he'd love to sign for Brentford. He'd love to sign for Brentford. But obviously what happened is that because we hyped him up and we talk about this again, we hyped him up. All of a sudden, the temptation was too much to go back to Brentford. If actually Pritchard wasn't as good, because we didn't go up in the end, so we almost would have been better if we'd finished 14th and he was average. And then the following season, we could have signed him. You know, it's one of these scenarios that if you're too good on loan, we don't get them. So you've got to be average on loan, and then we get them, and then they get back out the next season. A bit of a weird theory, but that's the
6: way. I just found with Pritchard, he just got better and better. You know, early part of the season, I thought, you yeah, know, the kid's got talent. It's quite interesting. And then when we got, by the time we got to the end of the season, it, it was just immense. So, well, you
4: know, the, uh, it's, it's ironic. The goal that they're showing, time after time on Sky, is the is is game up at Derby, where he scored that beautiful goal. And you know, your mate Darren Bent scored scored towards the end. And you know, we would have, we maybe have gone up that year if hadn't they uh, hadn't equalised. So listen, anyway, listen. <laughs>
3: you can just check these out there's wicked wicked four different interviews there with all the different podcasters you catch it out just check out the, 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 the description section of this podcast or besotted.co.uk we've got all the teams from Newcastle to Norwich to Rotherham to Barnsley great fun read them read all this kind of bits and pieces it was just really really good but it was good getting a real vibe from the podcasters and from the bloggers to get exactly what's happening in the championship but listen big game on Saturday We have got Huddersfield, but we need to find out what's going on with them because he knows and we're going to be giving him a quick fire five questions. Saturday, Huddersfield, last time we were there, 5-1, bang, 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 B's back of the net. It was absolutely fantastic. But new season, it's an even playing field now. I've got the man Terrier Cass on the other line and I'm going to ask him if Huddersfield are going to be in the same position as they were last game season with my quick... Fire. Five questions. Cass, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, man. How are you? I'm not too bad, man. I'm looking forward to coming up and having a beer with you on Saturday. But first of all, Cass, I'm going to ask you that question. 5-1, will it be a repeat of last season?
1: One word, no. Um, that's how we finished last season. Really poor. Um, five players we started, even in squad, and we're in a much,
3: much, much stronger proposition yeah. now. Listen, you brought in a load of players. Honestly, unbelievable. German players, players from all over the place. I couldn't believe it. Their list was so long. I had to write it on my other arm because the first <coughs> arm ran out of space. Do you think you brought in too many players too soon?
1: Um, again, no. Squad were in massive need of an overhaul. Um, defensively, we've been Pittsburgh for a while. and We've signed two keepers, three centre-backs. He's um, added strength, experience, and he's pretty much made signings everywhere they were needed.
3: So, listen, you're confident, listen, you've got a German manager and you're happy with that German manager, but do you reckon that you're more organised than before?
2: Um, we were
1: when he first took over. We stood to the end of last season, but the signings he's made in the summer is brought in experience, leadership, strength, and I think we'll be a much more settled unit this season.
3: So, listen, if you're a more settled unit, the fact that Vaughn, has gone off to Birmingham, he's left you alone, you tell me who is going to be the danger man against the Bees?
1: Uh, basically everyone playing behind the striker um, We've done really well to bring more strength in As The best players were already in that position um, We've got players like Joe Lolly, Sean Scannell, Van La Parra, Casey Palmer on loan Aaron Moyes come in um, Basically everyone playing in that role between the midfield and striker Can cause you trouble
3: So you sound pretty confident, Scouts are you, are you really confident? Yep, massively So give us a small prediction
1: um, I'm going to say 2-0 no to us Um, Yeah, I trust in what he's doing. I think we'll be a lot more organised and I think it'll be a
3: comfortable home win. Excellent. So
1: listen, Tims,
3: it was really good to chat to you, mate. You've got your five predictions. Let's see whether or not you're right or wrong. We're going to be chatting about your predictions and everything else like that. Hopefully, I'll catch up with you for a drink on Saturday. We're going to be in Herbert's Bar and a of a ball game and having a beer after the game. But the good thing about you, boy, as well, is that you've actually written, beside your article be up there on Friday, where you actually explain a lot more in detail about all about Huddersfield, how they're going to be getting on this season, how they're going to get, get on against the bees, and about the German, who's brought about 350,000 players into your team this season, and if they're going to actually fit into the dressing room. Yeah, good speaking to you, mate. Yeah, good speaking to you, man, and I'll catch you later. Huddersfield, we battered them 5-1, but will we do the same on Saturday regardless we're looking forward to it because we are going to be going to, to Herbert's bar having a good old drink up in Herbert's bar there's a wicked place they will feel we like good welcome in the Brentford fans if you want to come up there great laugh but listen lads Huddersfield on Saturday give us the vibes what are you saying lady Quickly. we're gonna win and we're gonna win
5: 3-1 Seth uh, I think Huddersfield will have improved we're probably not quite at our game yet and I think it'll be a. And we never ever win away on the first game of the season. So one one.
6: I think we're quite fortunate to be playing Huddersfield with all their new signings. They wouldn't have settled in yet. And I'm going to go for a routine two 0 win.
0: Um, everyone's covered everything. One all. I'm enthusiastic, and I'm looking forward to this season
3: so much, and I think Huddersfield brought in 140 players like we did last season. They're still going to want the bed in, so I think it's going to be another 2-0 to the bees. and yes, come on, you bees! so we'll have a good old drink up. But listen, a few things we want to talk about. Stan Bowles, they're trying to get together a... Game for Benef- Stan Bowles, benefit. a benefit
4: game,
3: Benef- a benefit. Yeah. Um, some QPR fans who um, have, have made contact with us at
4: Besotted, and we're, we're going to help support this. There's a. If you look at Besotted, uh, at @besotted on on Twitter, um, we're supporting their call, their call for a benefit game for Stan his fight against Alzheimer's. Um, and something else I, we need to mention. Or I have not had a
3: chance to. So, so what they need to do is that there's a little petition that they want you to sign first of all. So if you can sign the petition, we can get this benefit game happening. And fingers crossed, the benefit game will happen next. Year for Stan Bowles, loads of money because obviously he's not as pretty skin, and uh, yeah, they're just putting forward for Stan well, Bowles.
4: Uh, yeah, I think it's to help his fight against Alzheimer's, you know. So you know, he'll be ring fenced, and uh, that's that's the idea with that one. So you know, he's, he's a he's a he's a Brentford legend. He, he, he deserves some support. Um, also, something else we need to mention is Gravel Waterman's book. Um, uh, it is a I can't don't, don't do that.
3: Yeah. Growing pains. pains, it's called. Growing pains by Greville Watman's. It's a very big book actually, it's and uh, 400 odd pages.
4: And it's the most, this the most meticulous look at last season you could ever wish for. There is nothing in this book. It's, it's growing pains by Greville Watman. It's uh, available in the club shop and on Amazon.
3: Um, it's as I said, there is there is. A lot of words in it, mate. And there is, but just check it out. Gribble woman, growing pains as well. And also, like we say to you as well, we're actually doing a few new things. As you have said, we put a few new angles in this podcast. We're flipping things up a little bit. We're also trying to plan our first besotted social. Hopefully, it's going to be in the first week of September. If not, the first or second week in October. And we're going to have a social somewhere in a pub somewhere. Get everyone together, a few drinks, and we may even have a few little bit of extra entertainment as well. So, piano. so uh, maybe a bit of piano. So, just yes. we're going to give you a date as well. Hopefully, maybe next week or the week afterwards. So, yes. watch. This But anyway, listen, this is the Besotted Pride of the West London podcast. Listen, check out, if you want to know the links, look at the... Um, the description section of this podcast, or so check out besotted.co.uk. We've got videos, besotted nineteen ninety two on YouTube, and also audio. Boom is besotted. The channel is besotted. Check us out. But it's been great. This podcast's probably been a little bit long, but because we haven't seen each other for so long, we're having a few beers in the pub. Thank you to the plough in Northfields. They've been absolutely tremendous hosts. They keep shipping beers over to us that we're actually think we're going to fall over. And it's about nearly midnight tonight. I've got to go and edit this podcast a bit later. But hey, so if it's a bit messed up, don't worry about it. Besotted Pride of West London podcast everybody thank you listen to Laney I've got the Savvy B I've got the Cole Massey and I've got the Allard and my name is Billy Grant and what we're going to say is because we haven't said it for such a long time properly around the table because we've got Brendan playing Huddersfield we're going to beat them 4-1 or 5-1 or 6-1 so he's going to say hello <laughs>